Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And today's episode is the Roth conversion dead. Well, it's been a rocky last six or seven weeks since September 15th and the Ways and Means passed and voted on a proposed tax bill that included a number of very uh, disruptive, quite negative IRA-related provisions. And one of them, particularly, sought to essentially end Roth conversions in 10 years for income earners above a certain threshold, i.e. $400,000 or $450,000 if you're married, filed jointly. Now, as of November 1st, when I'm taping this podcast, these IRA provisions do not appear to be in a final bill. But what does it tell us? What does it indicate? What can we learn from this proposed Ways and Means tax bill? And a couple takeaways. Number one, government, Congress, Senate, they could change their mind anytime they want. They can change the rules on us anytime they want. And I've mentioned this multiple times that one of my mentors who's been in the retirement pension business for almost 40 plus years told me, Adam, I don't love Ross. I was like, what do you mean, Tim? He's like, listen, I've been in this business longer than than you probably were born and longer than you were alive. And uh, I saw something that spooked me. What was that? He said, well, before 1981, Social Security payments were not taxable. And suddenly they just changed the rules. And they said, you know what? We're going to tax it. And since then, when you get Social Security, you pay tax on it. So he said, well, if the government could do that to Social Security, they can do it to Ross. And I would rather get my tax deduction because once I have my deduction, they can't take it back from me. I already used it to reduce my taxable income in a prior year. So if they change the rules on us in two, five, 15, 30 years, okay, but I already got my deduction. So I at least got some benefit from that contribution. Whereas if you did Roth contributions, it was after tax. And the idea with the Roth, obviously for those uh, you know who may not be aware, is that when Roths were created in 1997 by Senator Roth of uh, Delaware, Democrat, the idea was, hey, we want to encourage more people to save for retirement. So we're going to add a certain unique flavor to the retirement system is we will allow people to make after-tax contributions so it doesn't hurt Treasury's ability to collect revenue. But, and I should say, and but, if you're over 59 and a half and the Roth has been open at least five years, all the money you pull out of the Roth IRA will be tax-free. So it doesn't cost the Treasury anything because there's no deduction. And the idea is it incentivizes people to save because you have to be patient in order to recognize the rewards of the Roth, which means tax-free income and tax-free growth. So ever since the Roth was created, many people, including myself, and and just for the record, I wrote a book on 
the Roth IRA called In God We Trust and Roth We Prosper. You can pick it up if you'd like, such uh, on Amazon or anywhere else you find uh, books these days. And um, I was probably the biggest Roth guy out there. I mean, all my retirement funds are in Roth. Every dollar I converted from former IRAs, from law firms I used to work at that rolled from a 401k to a traditional IRA, I have converted to Roth. All the contributions I make to the IRA financial 401k plan is in Roth. So same with my wife. So I'm all in Roth. However, to be honest, the last six weeks were spooky. And I don't know what I'm going to do going forward. I, I actually may switch my contributions from my 401k plan to pre-tax. Why? Because I'm 46. I have no idea if the Roth will be preserved in 13 years. Now, this is forget about the cap, right? The idea, one of the provisions in the recent tax bill was that there'd be a cap on all retirements of $10 million. But we know Senator Wyden in 2016 proposed a $5 million cap on Roth. So it's all possible. Now, if there's a divided government, a divided House and Senate between Democrats and Republicans, I don't think we're going to see any extreme retirement type legislation. And that's the spookiest part. And, and yeah, I'm using the term spooky just the day after Halloween, but it is spooky um, because I always believed, and I've said this repeatedly on podcasts and videos, is that the retirement system is bipartisan. I saw that with the 2019 Secure Act. Democrats, Republicans, they can't agree on much, but they can agree that the retirement system works. It works that it helps people save. Yes, agreed, not enough Americans are using it, but the, for those that are using it, it works. Your money grows faster without tax. That is the concept in tax deferral, and it's the concept that is the foundation of tax deferral that are known as compounded returns. And Albert Einstein coined the phrase, um, eighth wonder of the world. Your money doubles every eight years if you can average an 8% rate of return on your money. So it works. The system creates more wealth than it would if you save through a taxable account. And it's essentially been the hallmark of our privatized retirement system since the advent of ERISA in 1974. So Roths are becoming more and more popular over the last probably 10, 15 years, people, more and more people have understood the potential benefits that, hey, if I can hit a home run in a retirement account and do it in Roth, then once I'm over 59 and a half and the Roth's been open five years, it's all tax-free, right? I don't have to worry about ordinary income. I don't have to worry about capital gains or holding period or basis or short-term or long-term. It's all tax-free. Whether I buy Bitcoin or stocks or real estate or gold, it's all tax-free. So obviously with asset appreciation skyrocketing over the last two or three years, there's been more and more of a push to have people open up Roth IRAs or even contemplate conversions, right? When someone contemplates a conversion, the idea is, hey, I'm going to pay tax today, ordinary income tax, no 10% penalty, but ordinary income tax on an asset that hopefully in the future will be worth a whole lot more. And so long as I'm patient and I'm 59 and a half and I've waited at least five years after that conversion, all the money I pull out of the Roth will be tax-free, which the belief is that income tax rates will go up. We saw the push this year, and it seems like a income tax or corporate slash capital gains tax rate may not go up this year, but in all likelihood, it will go up in the near future. 
Uh, we, we have trillions and trillions of dollars of, of money we spent uh, dealing with COVID and ultimately Treasury is going to need more money to pay for many more programs. Um, and if interest rates go up, even to pay down the debt. So there is a very good chance that taxes will go up. But even if they don't, even if the highest tax rate stays at 37%, being able to shelter your growth tax-free and be able to pull out those funds tax-free, even at a 37% tax rate is a huge, huge advantage, right? So more and more people have looked at conversions. Um, some have done really well on them. And obviously the downside of conversions is the Enron case, right? The Lehman Brothers case, the Bear Stearns case. You convert today at a, at a value and then the stock tanks or Bitcoin tanks or gold tanks or real estate tanks. And now you pay tax to Uncle Sam at a high valuation and you may not be able to see that number again for many years, if not ever. So that's the risk. There is a risk reward. The risk is paying tax up front, which um, as a tax lawyer, I never love paying tax before I have to. Um, deductions are great. Credits are better. Deferral is, is the prize and, and obviously no tax is the winner, but deferral is important. So anytime you pay tax upfront on future gains, there's a risk reward proposition you, you need to consider. There's no right or wrong answer. You can do conversions over one year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, right? If you're 45 years old and you have $200,000 in an IRA that ultimately you want to Roth, you can pick a number of years you want to convert it, whether it's all at once, over five years, 10 years. Maybe you have net operating losses from your business that it could absorb the converted amount, which would be taxable, or you have other losses, or you have a low income year. Uh, these are all the factors you would consider to determine how much you want to convert in a given year. But again, the, the idea behind conversions is I'm going to bite the bullet now. I'm going to um, essentially swallow the tax today for the ability to uh, enjoy tax-free growth and tax-free distributions for the rest of my life, the rest of my spouse's life. And when I and my spouse dies, the kids have 10 years to pull all that Roth wealth tax-free. So it's, it's quite a promising type of strategy, obviously the risks. Now, this tax bill, I do believe will spook people to do conversions. Will conversions die? I don't know. But I can tell you people are gonna think twice, right? If you convert 200,000, 500,000, $10 million today, and you have a Roth, and let's say you're 50 years old, and now a year from now, someone brings up another bill that says we should cap Roth IRAs or we should force Roth IRA distributions over a certain cap. Maybe the cap's not 10 million, maybe the cap's 2 million, maybe the cap's 5 million, who knows, right? And then suddenly you're forced to take a taxable distribution of Roth funds when you had no intention of doing so. So you actually got hurt twice. You converted the amount and now you're gonna be forced to take distributions taxable. Now, yes, you probably won't be forced to take that same amount because that's gonna be your basis in the Roth times two, but you're gonna be able, and you're gonna be forced to take premature taxable distributions on the earnings. So I have a client that converted $11 million into Roth, oh, about seven, eight years ago. He had a lot of NOLs from his business. So he's able to absorb all the tax on, on that conversion. He's in his 50s. And now this tax bill came out and he was going to have to take a taxable distribution on the amount over 10 million bucks, even though he had no intention of doing so, right? He's he basically made his money just getting lucky on stocks, right? He bought a lot of Tesla, 
and Tesla's been up 2,500% in five years. So he didn't do anything exotic, right? In, in buy me like cryptos or real estate or IPO stock or private placements. He literally bought equities, right? Tesla and a bunch of other um, tech stocks. And he turned a lot of money into more money in a Roth, okay? And now he would have been forced if this bill passed pay taxable distributions on that income to get him to 10 million bucks. Totally unfair, right? So thankfully, a number of senators and Congress uh, men and women woke up and realized that these IR provisions were in fact quite devastating to um, individual savers and also to small businesses who rely on IRA money as a source of capital formation. Uh, but technically, it was also unreasonable and, and pretty um, you know, egregious that you were going to force retirement account holders to take taxable distributions of Roth, even though they were told that they wouldn't have to. And if they were able to wait until they're 59 and a half and the Roth would be open at least five years, it would all be tax free. So this all goes to back to my subject for this podcast. Is the Roth conversion dead? Uh, I'm not sure it's dead because again, there's still opportunities, whether you have NOLs or you're in a low tax bracket for the year, doing conversion still could make sense. The risks have now increased, right? Now you're not just risking that the investment you're going to make with those Roth funds will not be successful or falter, but now you have governmental risk in that honestly, I did not foresee. I did not foresee an attack by members of Congress or, and or the Senate on people's retirement accounts. I just did not see that as a policy initiative that made a lot of sense, right? According to the most recent numbers that Senator Wyden um, actually publicized, less than 500 Americans have more than 25 million in a retirement account and less than 30,000 have more than 5 million. And obviously that includes time value money, right? Eight years ago, the numbers probably would have been less than half. So in eight years from now, you're probably gonna see 60, 70,000 Americans with more than 5 million. And that scares me, why? Because that rhetoric will come back stronger in eight years because you're going to have Senator Wyden or someone else say, look, in 2021, 28,000 Americans have 5 million more in an IRA. And now the number is 60,000. This is out of control. There is trickery going on. Rich people are gaming the system. We have to stop it. And the answer is no. It's just time value money. If you get 8% in a mutual fund or... or um, basically an ETF, uh, without doing anything alternative, your money, if you can get an 8% rate of return, your money will double every eight years. So we can expect that twice as many people that have IRAs over 5 million and 25 million will have in, in eight years than they, do, than they have now. It's just the way the system works. So my concern is from a, a publicity standpoint or um, media standpoint, it's a good story, right? Like, oh my God, Roth IRAs, IRAs are out of control. Look how many more people have big IRAs today than they did eight years ago. Uh, no, that's just time value money, right? That's just the way compounding returns work. That's the whole point of the retirement system. We want to encourage that. We want people that have 100 grand to have 200 grand in eight years. We want people to have a million, have 2 million in eight years. That's kind of the whole premise behind the deferral and compounded return retirement system. So I think it could be used to twist the benefits of retirement accounts, scare people, and ultimately create a, a, a divisive uh, campaign that can be used against uh, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 
to cap it. So uh, again, I don't know where that cap will lie, whether it'll be 10 million, 20 million, or 2 million, or 5 million. So that should give people at least pause when you're doing conversions. I'm not saying not to do them. I'm saying now you have an added layer of risk that you need to consider before doing a conversion. So I don't think Roth conversions are dead. Um, I don't think they're on life support either or in the ICU room, but I think more and more people are gonna go to their doctor for uh, more you know, quarterly visits, so to speak, to make sure that they're, they're healthy and the Roth is still um, you know, a viable option for them, um, which wasn't the case two months ago, right? Uh, when Senator Wyden proposed a 5 million cap in 2016, yes, um, you know, it was a divided government, Obama was president, but there were, Democrats did not control the House, Senate, and presidency. Um, it didn't go anywhere. Um, there was no attraction. The Ways and Means Committee, you know, basically just pushed it aside. Um, again, not being political, um, Republicans generally um, are not in favor of limiting retirement account wealth. So this is more of a Democrat uh, progressive issue, seemingly over the last five years, mainly Senator Wyden. Um, I'm not sure Bernie Sanders is really into retirement accounts. It's mostly Senator Wyden, uh, Congressman Neal, to some degree, but it's mostly uh, widened. This has been his um, his issue um, du jour. So um, who knows, right? Who knows if the Democrats will keep the power uh, next year and four years and eight years and 12 years? I don't know, right? Eventually, the Democrats will control um, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. It's going to happen. I don't know when again. It will happen. And it, it could continue, right? They could maintain it in November of next year. We don't know. So as long as the Democrats have full control over the House, Senate, and presidency, there's always a risk that retirement accounts will be in the crossfires uh, of their policy. And whether it's, it's limiting conversions to those that make under a certain income threshold. Um, and funny enough, the provision in the bill actually only kicked in in 10 years. Why? Because they actually like conversions, believe it or not. Senator Wyden won't admit it. They like conversions. Why? It generates money. Right. Generally, people that convert retirement accounts are paying tax before they have to. So it's free money to the Treasury. And generally, the people that are converting money have money. You're not going to convert 50 bucks. Right. You're generally converting, um, you know, more meaningful money in a retirement account. So that's free uh, tax revenue for Treasury. So they like it. And that's why they didn't want these limitations on conversions to kick in for 10 years because they needed the money to pay the bill. And if they limited conversions, they would actually be stripping cash from the treasury, which would not help uh, their ability to pay for uh, all these programs. So, uh, but even though the, the provision would not kick in for 10 years, the intent is there that, hey, we want to limit conversions. We think there's trickery or, or too many people are going to have too many um, high, strong, um, large Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks. And, we don't want that. We don't want runaway Roths where people never have to pay tax. Uh, one thing is Roths are subject to estate tax. Okay. Um, so if you pass, the Roth will pass tax for your spouse, just like any asset you have, whether it's personal cash or not. But when your spouse passes, the estate tax will trap that money if your estate is above the um, lifetime exemption. The estate would pay the tax on the uh, retirement account, and then your kids would have 10 years to pull it out. Um, tax-free. So it's not like it's it's always, it's going to escape taxation forever. It could still be subject to estate tax. Um, but that being said, Roth conversions, which I was, again, a huge proponent of. I've did, done many videos, books, podcasts on Roth and Roth conversions. 
um, I'm, I'm in a wait and see mode, to be honest. So um, if someone asks me, and I, I've gotten a bunch of questions from clients about conversions in the last couple of weeks, and I honestly said, just wait it out. I would not do conversions today. Um, even if these Roth, the IRA provisions don't make it into a final bill, uh, I'm not sure I would do conversions until I saw what happened to an election. Um, if the Democrats keep control uh, of the House and Senate and the presidency, which they will have for two more years after next year's election, um, again, the IRA provisions can come back and be subject to potential attack and limitation um, by Senate Finance and Ways and Means Committee um, or separate legislation uh, by the IRS. So it's it's not going to be uh, out of the woods. So I'd probably wait because what I don't want to happen is someone does a conversion tomorrow and then in two years, they basically just cap Roth IRAs or force you to do required distributions. Um, and we don't know what that number will be. Again, right now it's 10 million. It was 5 million in 2016. Maybe it will be a million. Maybe it will be 2 million in three years. I don't know. Okay, and I'm usually super pro retirement accounts. Again, bipartisan um, area that Democrats and Republicans can agree on that generally in both sides, Democrats and Republicans generally have very similar views of the importance of saving and the retirement system. And this is kind of the first time where retirement accounts were in the crossfires of Democrats um, as, as potential um, free money to uh, pay for uh, some, some programs. Whether you agree with them or not, uh, the idea that forcing people to take money out of their retirement account to pay for these programs uh, when, when they were told uh, essentially a different set of rules, to me, uh, seemed egregious and unfair. Um, you want to increase people's taxes going forward? Okay. But to force people that were under a certain guideline, a certain set of rules for Roth IRAs, and then forcing them and basically just ignoring those rules and forcing them to take taxable distributions, um, that seemed wrong. That, that just didn't seem that uh, would be possible in, in America. So things happen. We saw it in Social Security. But again, that was a, a, a tax in the future. This w was basically saying, you know what? Yeah, you were under these, these rules for the last you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years since 1997. Ah, who cares? We're just going to ignore those rules and then basically not even grandfather you in, but just tax you on, on certain income, even though uh, you were able to have that, that tax-free account um, yesterday. So it just, again, was something that was super aggressive and um, just kind of spooked me. And staying within the Halloween flavor, um, just just stay vigilant and um, think twice before you do a conversion. I'm not saying they don't make sense, but um, I think we've all learned a lesson from this proposed tax bill that um, IRAs, Roth IRAs, there's lots of money, $12 trillion dollars in IRAs, $33 trillion in retirement money. And when you're looking to pay for programs, sometimes politicians are short-sighted and they just see dollar signs instead of people behind those dollar signs. And you know, we almost got into a very difficult situation where people were gonna have to take money out of their IRA forcibly and pay tax. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed and it looks like all the IRA provisions, uh, except you know, uh, DISCs and FISC, which you know, doesn't really apply to anyone, uh, foreign sales corporations uh, could have some limitations. But otherwise, the Roths, the CAPs, the credit investor, all those uh, provisions seem like they won't be part of a final tax bill. So there you go. I, I kind of got off a little bit on uh, like a long-winded tangent. I'm sorry about that, but 
yeah, this this is you know very uh, dear to my heart. I have all my retirement savings in Roth. So does my my wife. I've done conversions. I'm not at 10 million bucks clearly, but I hope to get there. Right. That's the goal. We all should be uh, having a goal to have a a large Roth. That's the whole point of this. And with time, value, money, and and starting early and being patient, you we all can have very very um, high net worth. Uh, IRAs. It, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Unfortunately, recently, um, some of these successful um, investors uh, have been shamed and you know have, have potentially been subject to forced distributions. You know, for no reason than doing what they were told was legal, and uh, in, in most cases, were just doing it through you know public securities things like that. They just had more years and, and were just lucky or, or good investors, but. Uh, would be potentially uh, penalized for, for that, which again, I'm, I'm happy cooler heads prevailed and those provisions are not going to be law, but still it's spooky and um, we need to be vigilant and need to think hard uh, before doing conversion. So the Roth conversion, I don't believe is dead. It's not on life support. It's not in the ICU, but uh, I think regular doctor visits are in order. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate all your support. Uh, Have a wonderful rest of your week and talk to everyone again next week.